0: Hey everybody! It's Michelle Prince, host of the Power of Authority Spotlight, where we shine the light on entrepreneurs, business owners, founders, and leaders that are doing great things. They're they're building businesses. They're they're having great success, but they're also having a big impact in the world. There's a bigger purpose behind it. And our guest today is is definitely in that category. Uh, but first, this episode is brought to you by Performance Publishing. Performance Publishing provides done-for-you publishing services for new authors. So if you've ever thought about writing a book, not really sure where to start, or maybe you're just ready to, to take your story, take your message and build your authority so that you get more opportunities, then you want to definitely check out Performance Publishing. Grab a free strategy call at performancepublishinggroup.com. All right, let me introduce you to Julian Hayes II. He is an author, hybrid athlete, and founder of Executive Health. His boutique concierge service helps forward-thinking CEOs, executives, and other high-achieving individuals live longer and live better by leveraging their unique biodata, data data-driven analytics, and personalized programming. He's also the host of Executive Health and Life. Lastly, he's had 300-plus articles published in Inc., Entrepreneur, Success, Chief Executive, and many more. His website is executivehealth.io. Welcome to the show, Julian.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here. Really excited.
0: Well, I'm so excited to have you. I love talking. Well, first of all, I just love talking to entrepreneurs, people that are doing great things. and But I also love the the world that you're in of executive health. Tell us a little bit more about what exactly that is and, and then how also you got involved in it.
1: Yeah. So I guess um, the name executive health was not the first iteration of my whole fitness journey and health journey. Much like entrepreneurs, it's it's kind of a roller coaster journey. And this is something I actually had to learn because up until this point, I was really in academia and played sports. And I was blessed to really be pretty good at all of those things naturally. So I didn't really have those huge obstacles where you get knocked down and you really start questioning yourself until I got in this entrepreneurial world and I learned <laughs> that okay, you don't have to get this right your first time. Probably your your fourth or fifth time, and it's going to take longer than you expect. So just uh I hope you know that. So it was good to learn those things along the way but executive health has a double meaning the first thing you hear of course executive health so you're going to think it's targeting toward executives and and founders and in, in that light and that's true but it's really about becoming the ceo of your health and life and really taking full sovereignty over your health and life and that's from my past really and that's i come from a family who safe to say we did not have smoothies every night or anything and I had a father who was who was ill. I caretaked for him for the last three and a half years before he passed and mm-hmm. seeing grandfathers and aunts on dialysis and everything. So I always had this notion in my mind that once you get past 30, your health starts to go downhill from there. That was my paradigm. Wow. Now, luckily, throughout college and having friends from all different types of backgrounds, that changed my paradigm, mm-hmm. really shocked my paradigm. Um, and so this led me down the route to go to medical school and so I went to New York City. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, so it's quite the culture shock that I encountered. <laughs> I <guess it> is. <laughs> and during that time in New York City, I it was so interesting just to everywhere you go, whether you're in Central Park, whether you're, I'm going to a bar, I'm going to a lounge, that was my partying. I didn't really party in, in uh, undergrad, so this is really my college experience. Mm. Everyone has these big dreams. Everyone's really passionate about what they're doing, and for me, I was being, a, I want to be a surgeon just because it's, it's prestigious. I'm first generation in my family. Everyone's so proud of me. So you have all this validation that's patting you on the back and you've, you're like, yeah, this is it. But really I'm sitting in class most of the time and I'm thinking about how this applies to my own workouts and my own nutrition, not necessarily being a physician per se. Right. And so that was, that was one red flag. Mm. And then I keep going. I remember this conversation, never forget it. I'm in the lower east side and I meet this woman She's traveling and she's working and she's combining life and pleasure with a job she really loves. Mm. And I'm like, wow, I'm really jealous of that. Yeah. <laughs> and that maybe it's the universe or whatnot. You start to then see other people that are doing that. So I started to see other health and fitness people that are writing in these magazines and online publications when it was just getting started. And I got to thinking, maybe I can do that. I've always been interested in writing, but I, I kept that quiet. So that was quite the shock as well. So I left medical school after that one year, came back home. I was really excited. I found my passion. I expected everyone to jump for joy with me. I did not get that. Instead, I got a bunch of questions asking, what happened to you in New York City? Do you need to take a drug test? Are you sure? Did you get brainwashed? Did you get cloned? All these crazy things. And and so that's that impetus moment. And then throughout the course of time, I had a best friend who's who's a writer, but doesn't write now, ironically. Mm-hmm. And he really helped me learn the skill of writing and how to write for a general audience. Cause when I first started writing, I sounded like a professor. Yeah. Very technical. Yeah. And so over time, I did a personal training, nutrition. I went down just different paths of studying. Mm-hmm. And then I reach out to people to get mentored. And I'm at a dinner and they're talking about, well, I have a nutritionist here and I have a personal trainer here. And then I'm interested in this other thing. And I'm thinking in my head, what if I just connect all these things, kind of like a hotel does sometimes, or yeah. kind of like other people with like a family office or like people who do offshore, off-source services. Hmm. I thought about that and I was like, huh, I can do that. So I have a friend, he's very good at fitness and he's very good at the back end. And so you just start piecing things together yeah. I saw what the world, I saw what's being offered. I, I see where the world's going. And I was like, let's just create this service. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not fully sure yet on exactly every nook and cranny of it, but I, I have an idea where it's at. The bridge is not completed yet. It's still mm-hmm. not completed, but <laughs> I know where we're going. And I know it's a slam dunk once we tweak the messaging and continually refine it and everything. So that's the story of kind of executive health and how I got here today.
0: Wow. OK, I laughed when you were talking about New York, because I uh, first of all, I was just there this last weekend mm-hmm. in Manhattan. And my 24 uh, year old son lives on the Upper West Side or yeah, Upper West Side. And so okay. it's just, it's, it is just it's its it's own little world in and of itself up there, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it is. I, I, I miss New York still to this day just because of the energy there. It's oh, yeah. it, the only thing, though, it was hard for me to turn off. So I was constantly just going because yes. it never it literally never sleeps. Right. So if I if I wanted sushi at 1 a.m., I can go get sushi at 1 a.m., which is really cool. I can't get that in Nashville right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> Nashville. Nashville is probably a little more lifestyle friendly for me. Yeah,
0: I love Nashville, too. OK, so I'm, I'm I love the concept and something you said really stood out CEO of your own health and life. And mm-hmm. that is just such a powerful message for all of us that that a lot of times, you know, we don't especially when you're young, you don't think about I didn't think about my health really that much in my mm-hmm. 20s. But to think like it only goes downhill from from 30 on is like, wow. So how important is your health when you're in your 20s? You know, and it's usually the time of your life when you're, you know, kind of probably abusing your body a yeah. little bit more than you should. Yeah. Um, so how who do you who do you target for this message today? Are they are they executives? Are they 20s or so uh, up and comers or? Yeah, what well, specifically?
1: It's, it's it's actually been interesting. So it's it's, it's definitely not 20 year olds because most 20 right. year olds are not thinking about their health in that frame. Exactly. And also at 20 when I was thinking about my health, it wasn't necessarily even for not to be like family or anything. It was really just for looks.
0: For sure. And yeah. That,
1: that's all. So you got to think about the life cycle of a person as well. So a 40 year old, a 50 year old is going to talk about their health, but it's not necessarily going to be like the 25 year old because yeah. the 50 year old is probably married. And he's not really worried about that area right now. He's probably more worried about, I want good health and energy for my job, my family, my kids, and be able to see my daughter, son, married, all that good things. Whereas Mm -hmm. a 20-year-old, it's it's a much different thing. So that's one thing when really learning about your audience. Mm -hmm. And, but what we found is actually, it's people around my age, I'm 37. So it's Mm -hmm. usually people around 35 to maybe 50, 50 50 50-ish range, but there's different life cycles as well. So, like the service that we offer, there's a there's a full top tier service where there's medical partnerships as well established. But then there's more like the entry level one as well. And so that's why there's such a wide range in ages as well. But even more so than titles, mm-hmm. what I look for is is a certain type of attitude. Mm. So it's a, it's an attitudinal thing because you can look at some of the things offered, and it's not necessarily a necessity to have. Right it's more of a luxury. It's more of a thing of I'm really obsessed about that extra five percent that really gives me that edge. It mm-hmm. helps me continually to perform. Because when I think about an executive, it's like an being an athlete, except there's no off season and your career is decades. Mm-hmm. So you have to think much longer term. Whereas a person in the NFL average is probably maybe five to six years, NBA is probably around the same range. So it's a total different mindset shift. And so yeah. Title is important. That's a good start, but really, then it's the mindset and their attitude and view toward health, longevity, and those kind of things.
0: You know, something you just said reminded me of. uh, I I couldn't agree more, though, about executives because if you think about a a really great leader, somebody who's leading, doesn't matter what size the team, they're they're taking care of their health in almost all cases. And in fact, I can think of someone that I have a lot of respect for. Um, It's been a CEO of multiple companies. uh, uh, Jeff Bowling, and he would always look at taking care of his health as that is how he serves his people. Because mm-hmm. if he wasn't taking care of his body, that wasn't then your body, your mind, then you're not going to show up to do the job that you are, you know, in place to do. And so, I, I totally agree with you there. And I think at even at that age, now I'm a little older than your than your demographic, but that's okay. That that range though, that 35, 35 is around the age that I started to really get serious. Not just about my health, but about life and and what do you want out of life? And so I think that's a perfect time for people to be looking at the whole picture. We're more than our career, we're more than our relationships, we're more than you know our jobs. We've got to pull the physical, the physical, mental, spiritual into all of it.
1: Absolutely, and really, a lot of times we could get away with a lot of things in our twenties. Yeah, and 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 then sometimes up to like thirty five, and then I think you know health and fitness really starts. So for me, I it's really just getting started now now that i'm over just over that 35 year old threshold now yeah. and so now things matter much more now and the stakes are higher now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 i love what you said about about jeff there about his health starts with um it it starts with his health yeah and then it trickles to everything else and every single facet of being a great leader can tie back to your well-being whether it's your decision making okay. Whether it's your emotional intelligence, your communication, and um so many and even your executive presence, which nice. is mostly nonverbal. So that's so true.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Something, okay. So the the show is called The Power of Authority Spotlight. And, and it is intended to shine a light on people like you that are building businesses because there's there's so much opportunity. And a lot of times we just need to have somebody along that journey with us to say, like, oh wow, they've gone through the ups and downs. And you mentioned that you had some not so great starts, right? Who can't, re- is there, if you're a true entrepreneur, I don't think, of course, you can relate to this. I mean, I could tell you all the ups and downs in the last 14 years that I've been in business. It's crazy. But there's always a consistent theme. What do you think really drove you? What was the initial thing that drove you? Even if the business uh, offering shifted a little, what has been the core of what you do You know, from, from the beginning to the end of where you are today as an entrepreneur?
1: So I guess there's, it's, I have two things that come to mind. So for me personally, the thing that drives me is I really don't have a plan B. Mm. Because so um, I don't know if I necessarily grew up aspiring to be an entrepreneur. I didn't really know what it was. So quite frankly, I didn't have that. If everyone you did, did, it
0: would have probably yeah. scared you. <laughs> yeah, every,
1: everyone was blue collar in my family, factories and, and truck drivers and stuff. So I had no idea. <laughs> but I looked out and I don't really see another job thing that I want to do. Yeah. So I really had no choice. So mm-hmm. there is no plan B. So that's me just from a practical standpoint. But kind of the thing that's always been consistent is just um, creating. Yeah. And the, the more you create, the more you learn, the more you get feedback. And then the more you can evolve and, and then you'll find something. So I think it's, it's almost like practicing music. I have a lot of music friends, I guess, obviously, since I'm in Nashville yeah. and you have to just go play. So it's almost like going to just play small venues. Mm-hmm. Just to refine your craft. And then, almost like the Beatles did when the first when the Beatles first started, they just played in all these small shows to catch their voice to to refine their tune and all these things. And then, when that moment is then when you're called up, mm. maybe you're playing it's like your triple A baseball thing. You're taking swings, you're taking swings, and then you're finally called to go to the majors. And you have to be ready for that opportunity to be called. And so that's the mindset that I always keep in my head right now. So regardless of w- whether I have zero clients or five clients, Every day is pretty much day one, and I want to continually refine my craft. So I study every day for at least 60 minutes, and then I do some writing every day. Mm -hmm. And then I I try to reach out and have at least 10 touch points in the marketplace. And I heard that from someone else. Sometimes I fall short on that one. And touch points is just connecting with your network. Maybe it's connecting with new people on LinkedIn. Maybe it's just writing something, but just getting yourself out there. But those are some of the constant variables even with all the mm-hmm. other uncertain things,
0: yeah, because I because
1: because you can not control all those things a lot. All those things that I just mentioned are process oriented.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great mindset, though. You know, and and being called up to the big leagues—what a great visual! When it, I've been in the speaking industry for all these years, obviously I have a publishing company now, but I started mm-hmm. as a speaker and working with Zig Ziglar. I learned a lot about speaking. And um, one question that speakers always want to know is, well, you know, when. Everybody everybody who wants to be a speaker wants to get paid to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And so most people ask, well, should I speak for free? And, and Zig would always say, and I totally agree, is, well, yes, because it's literally you're practicing your craft. And look, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, you know, if you're speaking on something that you know could help somebody personally or professionally, you, that should light you up. What's 30 minutes, an hour out of your day to go share, and it's also... Helping you to be the best at what you want to do and then eventually get paid a lot of money for. So, um, I, I, it's a good analogy from what you just said about that being called up because you just don't know and you better mm-hmm. be ready when you get called up.
1: Absolutely. And the thing also with speaking is um, you have to think about the, you know, the next three to five moves that can potentially come after that. So if you're yeah. just focusing on the initial getting paid for this 30 minutes to an mm-hmm. hour, think about maybe if you're a consultant or you have some kind of service you offer maybe there's three or four people in the audience who are interested in that. And mm-hmm. odds are you're probably going to quadruple that amount that you're going to get for those four people compared to just that speaking fee.
0: Totally. I share this story with uh, some of my clients and it, it, it's just a perfect example of like, you just don't know. I was speaking for a local um, Rotary Club. Actually, this was several years ago. And, you know, it was a small group. I didn't even bring books to sell. It was a get what I call give back talks. Like you're just, you know, going to share and I get there, and there were literally like you know eight people there. And I remember being a little disappointed, thinking like, "Oh, I drove an hour to get here. I'm driving an hour back." But but I was like, "It's okay though," because again, I I love what I do to talk and share it with people. It's a, it's really a blessing. Anyway, but I left thinking, "Oh well, you know, I won't get anything out of that." A couple months later, I get a call from one of the largest financial um, management institutions. I'm not going to say the day, but you would know it. And they asked me to be their keynote speaker for this big event. And we booked it. And I was like, how how did you hear about me? Like, oh, so a couple months ago, you spoke to a local Rotary Club and my VP, I was just telling him, I need a speaker for this event coming up. And he said, I just heard this great speaker at this Rotary Club a few months ago. Never in my wildest dreams would I have expected. And it was a, a big opportunity that ended up, I ended up doing extra training for after that. So it was like, You just don't know. And I think a lot of when I think of successful entrepreneurs, business owners, really, is there's some part of there you're doing something that you love. Now, it's going to take hard work. Mm -hmm. It's going to take discipline. You better be in your top fitness, like what you're trying to help people to do. But there should be something in it that you enjoy doing. And if not, then every little thing you do is going to feel painful. Um, But when you just go and speak and share, you just don't know what's going to come out of that. That's Podcast. a great, great. You know, that's example
1: too. Podcasting is the exact you 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 hit the nail on the coffin right there. It's the exact same thing. But that's a great reminder. You've inspired me actually to to uh, keep that in mind more with speaking and everything because you, you don't know. You know, I got a lot of my first opportunities with writing. Yeah, it mainly came from me just publishing and sharing stuff, mm-hmm. and no, you didn't have a bunch of comments, a bunch of likes on it. But I think about it, people. There's a lot of people that are probably like me. I read stuff and go through social media, go through my YouTube sometimes, and I don't necessarily just comment on things. I don't either. But but I, t- I, I consume it That's and I right. appreciate it. And then I just usually go implement it or take something away from it. Absolutely. And, so I, and you have to remember that, that there's, there's an invisible audience out there mm. that you'll never probably hear from. And then at some point they might say, hey, I really appreciate that article or I've been reading your articles. I really like your articles and yeah. et cetera and et cetera.
0: Yeah. We wish we could get all that the, to know, but we won't ever know. So to do it anyway is, you
1: That's know,
0: you, you, you talk about writing, which I love, obviously, as a publisher, I love helping people to write books, but you've been writing through magazines and mm-hmm. talk a little bit about like, how did you leverage that in building your business? Because I know there is an opportunity when you get into big magazines mm-hmm. like you were in.
1: So I, th- I this was part of a, it, it's still paying off to this day. I've I've been semi-retired from writing columns a little bit, but I thought long-term about how most people view health and fitness people and in the kind of health and fitness brand that I wanted, even before the name Executive Health came up, I was a different name then, but I thought about, I needed to effectively mesh myself in this business world. Yeah. And, and so let's see what most of the health and fitness people are doing. And then I'm gonna do the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna do I'm going to be completely different from that. And one of my inspirations is Miles Davis. And so if you, Miles Davis was notorious for creating a certain type of sound. And then more people started to adopt it. And then he continually changed it to something else. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of his albums are completely different. It's not just 20 years of the same type of music Mm -hmm. that some artists do. He was completely different in that regard. Mm -hmm. So that was already in the back of my head. But people recognize Inc, an entrepreneur. And so I knew even if no money comes from it, and it's the same thing as like writing a book. Yeah. Um, at, at this day and age, it's not necessarily. I wrote my book for to get money from it. That's going to be hard. I'm not. Uh, let's who's a big author? I don't know Stephen King or um, uh, any any sort of huge big author. So you're not going to just make a living from that book per se. But it's all the the brand equity that can come with that book, or the brand equity that can come with being on these um, different magazines and yes. online publications. So now if I reached out to a company, or reached out to someone to potentially consult or go speak, it gives me maybe an extra few seconds of consideration because it's like, oh, okay, this is a little different. He's did these things. And now they can go vet me, research me. And even if you think about things like SEO, when people type your name in or your company, it's gonna come up there and they can start to learn about you without even talking to you initially. Yeah. So. And so it's it's a thing that's still paying off to this day as I continually evolve the brand and the company to, and you, you have these things. And so if I want to maybe pitch a podcast or to even pitch another place to write, I have a body of work, which that's helps. Right.
0: That's right. Because at the end of the day, everybody wants to work with the expert. They want to mm-hmm. work with the best. I mean, nobody says, I want to go to a mediocre doctor or I You know, we want to work with the best or a mediocre fitness coach or something like Mm -hmm. that. So, but so with as business owners, entrepreneurs, what we need to do is put ourselves out there in a way to make it easy for the people we know we can serve to say, wow, he's, he's the guy I need to be talking Mm -hmm. to, or she's the gal that I need to be working with. And when you have, you know, a book or, or Mm -hmm. published in entrepreneur magazine, or having your own podcast or All of these different things that you can do to build your online reputation or authority status, if you will, it's not as hard as people think, but you have to do it. Make it easy for your potential prospects or the people you Mm -hmm. want to serve. And and it just makes it uh, a a better transition. And then they can self-select when they can learn more about you online before they pick up the phone and call you. I know that's how I buy. I don't just, I, I, I research before I talk to somebody. Because I want to make sure that they're the best or the person I want to work with before I talk to them.
1: Especially if it's a large order. Like if, yeah. if it's just buying a widget, that's completely different. Oh, but completely different. But, yeah. but much like my service and in your service as well, these mm-hmm. are these are not something that's done over the course of a week. Yeah. These are long-term projects that right. take a lot of human capital. Right. And and so people are very much going to invest their time and due diligence, which we want them to. And we're both in industries where there's a lot of people that that do what we do at the core, so mm-hmm. you have to think about how do you distinguish yourself from that. Part of that is a, a little bit of your messaging, your personality, but the yeah. easy part is just to produce content mm-hmm. that is different and to be consistent. Because most people are not on the consistent frame. Which I'm talking to myself yeah. sometimes. So I drop the yeah. ball on that. So, <laughs> I think
0: we can all yeah. relate to that sometimes. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> I, 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 can, I can admit I can admit with that. So um, it's that's sometimes I, I drop the ball on that.
0: Well, don't we all, but. Well, I, I I, to wrap things up a little bit for somebody listening who maybe they're thinking, well, I'm not an executive or I'm, you know, maybe, uh, you know, how much do I really need help with my my health? What what would you say to somebody who's maybe this has not been on their radar? Maybe they're mm-hmm. like, well, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm fine. I'm not like on dialysis or in bed all the time. Yeah. So, but what would you say to them to kind of maybe give them a different perspective to start thinking about their health a little more seriously?
1: Well, I, I think when you, when you think about health, I think there's there's a cost. There's always going to be a cost with it right now. And I think much like a credit card, where if you don't pay attention to that balance and you don't take care of it every month and it just continues to add up, perhaps at 18 to 25% interest is going to add up. And it's, it's a much more expensive bill down the line if you neglect it. Whereas if you pay attention to it now, it's a very small amount. There's very minimal involvement in it. And the only thing at this stage, if you have pretty good health and everything, it's really just your time. Yeah. Whereas down the road, the bill can get much more. The uh, emotional costs can get higher. Mm-hmm. The time cost, of course, can get higher. And even the monetary investment can get higher. So mm-hmm. you, you do it right now, it's a very minimal investment. That's... Whereas later, it keeps adding up if you neglect it.
0: So, so true. Great advice. And the credit card is a great analogy, too. <laughs> Well, I'm telling I love talking with you, Julian. Thank you so much for being on the show. Is there any one last thing that you want to share with the audience before we wrap things up? Uh,
1: you know, I, I think, you know, at that stage, I know we talked about some of the people that are typically listening to the show. Is it's really about mindset. Even with health yeah. and business, they're really similar. And it's really about mindset. And you could you cannot outrun your beliefs. And um, mm-hmm. I tried to do that initially where, and what you'll end up doing is self-sabotaging yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and so and I think about my, when I did my book and the book release and had a few speaking engagements and I didn't really work on my mindset a lot. So over the course of, of time, I ended up self-sabotaging myself and coming back to a level that I felt comfortable with almost like a thermostat. It, it got, I come back to the thermostat that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So if, if I wanted to raise the temperature of that thermostat, which is my mindset here, I didn't have the Internal programming to do that yet. So really work on your mindset and your beliefs, and that's going to take you further than any sort of tool or tactic.
0: Oh, that is such great advice. That actually reminds me of something that Ziggy would always say. A quote: "You cannot rise above the Mm -hmm. image you have of yourself." Meaning, like if you, I I like that better. Yeah, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I don't think I said it exact, but it was something along those lines. And it's true, no matter what it is in life, it's about mindset. It's how, what our beliefs are. So you cannot outrun your belief is is a perfect way to wrap this up. So thank you again, Jillian, so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: All right, everybody, that is it for the show today. Just to remember something that Jillian said, you are CEO of your health and life. Take that seriously. Invest in yourself, invest in your mindset, invest in your health, not even just for yourself, but think about all the people you are serving, that your heart is set to serve. You will serve them better when you are at your optimal health. We'll see you all next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.